welcome to Salam Nerds Podcast. Yo, 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 salam, nerds. It's your boy, Neebs, a.k.a. Watch with Neebs, and I'm here with my co-host, Jeff, a.k.a. DJ Thunsday. <laughs> <laughs> Already getting into it, huh? <laughs> I know. I didn't know they had Days of the Weeks in Star Wars. Apparently, they do. <laughs> they do. Absolutely, they do. <laughs> Thunsday is their Monday, I suppose. Or is it their hump day? We don't know. <laughs> oh, man. We don't know. Well, you know what we do know? Who our guests are this week? They are from the super popular podcast. And, like, I don't know. They got, like, a band of merry men. Every time I see them, they're growing and growing. It's Garrett and TJ from Agents of Fandom. What's up, guys? How are you? Doing well, Thursdays. Am I right? Excited to be here with you guys. Always ex- uh, happy to link up with uh, you, Neves, and Jazz. And, uh, what better to do it with them with some Mandalorian? Din Djarin and Grogu are back. It's mm. uh, it's so exciting to be uh, to have our favorite uh, father and son back in our lives. Yes, yes. What about you, Garrett? How are you doing? I'm a, I'm more of a Bendu Day guy myself, but uh, <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, echo what TJ said. Super excited to talk some Star Wars with uh, with some friends. So let's get yeah, into yeah. it. We're all working for the weekend, right? <laughs> amen, amen. Oh man, this is good. Listen, we tried. We, we wanted to get you guys on last week, but last week with International Women's Day, so we like, no, we 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 gotta have we gotta have some women on the episode. Plus, Bo-Katan was kicking ass last week, so we're like, we gotta brought uh, somebody else. But I wanted to make sure that as soon as that episode was over, we had you guys on the calendar. And I always use calendar now because I learned my lesson, Jazz, that daylight savings and <laughs> the time zones. They won't get me. They won't get me anymore. Now I use calendar invites for everything. <laughs> Correct. Yes. I feel like I you that. guys know my pain. <laughs> it's been like less than a week since day- daylight savings, and I've already screwed Garrett over twice with telling him the wrong time for things. <laughs> it's okay, though. We adapt. Yeah. We adapt. <laughs> I'm always very like apologetic afterwards, and so he can't be too mad. Oh, one did say, TJ, that you redeemed yourself. <laughs> I he am always redeemed. redeems himself. I am redeemed like the Mandalorian. <laughs> exactly. I bathed in the living waters of Mandalore, and my time zone sins have been absolved. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that this guy almost drowned, and he comes out without even like realizing he drowned. He just comes out, I've been redeemed. She's like, did you not realize I just saved your ass? You sick? Don't go to the bottom of the river. <laughs> yeah, all, no, but he does semi-realize it because he goes like, yeah, the depths. But like, it doesn't really register to him as like something that he should be worried about or even question. It's just like, I don't even yeah. care. I'm just absolved now. Move yeah, on. Yep. That's what he cares. Mm-hmm. My my sins are absolved, which is is all good. He has atoned, <laughs> which is really funny. We spent funny. like thirty minutes on the Agents of Fandom podcast last week talking about the Mythosaur, only for them to be like, "Did you see something alive? Nah, did you? Uh. <laughs> mm, nope." And then just move on. Why Life did Dan not say anything? TJ, why? Why do you think she kept it like on the DL? I have two perspectives. And I don't know which one is right uh, mm. because one of them kind of totally counteracts everything I said about Bo-Katan last week. And the one that fits that narrative is just, she is so done. Like she's just so had enough of fighting. She's lost and she's lost. She's tried again and she's lost again. She doesn't want to lead anymore. Yeah. She sees this big thing and goes, maybe my mind was just playing playing some tricks on me and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna move on with my life because that's not a challenge i want to take on the other perspective i think totally 
counteracts what I said last week of like, you know, maybe she's not given up. Maybe she's not uh, decided that she's given up on Mandalore and is, isn't done uh, leading because maybe she thinks, hey, if I'm the one that takes down this myth Mythosaur with this squad, I can once again become the leader of Mandalore. And I don't really want to tell anybody else about it until I until I get my plan in place. And so I think it's one of the two, and I don't know at this point which it is. So it I think her Trump card. Yeah, I think more likely it is the second one. Because at the end of this episode, which we will get into, we see uh Paz Vizla there, right? And yes. I don't think they want to announce to all the clans that, hey, this is a thing. Because eventually, if they do announce that, all the clans of Mandalore would again just like fly to the planet immediately to try and claim it and so i think by her keeping a secret especially because paz vizsla is still here uh it's gonna be to her advantage in the future mm, makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense. but i do find it interesting that like he does his ritual and he's atoned and then he has this water that he brings back with him and jazz does that not remind you of like you know is in our culture yeah not only that but like when you go to Hudge, that's basically what it is. You basically all your sins are wiped free. So he kind of just did a pilgrimage to Mandalore and got some Zum Zum water. Like mm -hmm. I feel like, yo, Mandalore's hardcore Muslim man. That's exactly what he's doing, <laughs> bro. It's there so are too funny. many parallels. It's not even funny anymore. Like that's so funny, right? Straight up coded. Like he made a pilgrimage there, and he got some Zum Zum water, which is like mm -hmm. in our culture, it's this healing water that we have. Um, which I think is really interesting. And then, like, I still thought, like, how are they going to prove it? And he took some water with him. And I thought Bo-Katan being a witness was fine. But they were like, no, you're an apostate, too. We don't go. <laughs> we don't care what you have to say. But she dropped that water. And she's like, whoa, okay, it works. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Uh, but she does say she's a witness. And they go back. They go back to uh, where they're going. And then these TIE fighters start chasing them. And you see little Yoda just going to a stroller and close it and go, Gloop! <laughs> being adorable as he always is. Um, and then we see this amazing scene where um, Mandalorian transfers into his ship and they have this dogfight, uh, do all these cool maneuvers. What are your thoughts about that? So I'm going to start with Garrett. Garrett, what were your thoughts? Uh, it was Space Top Gun. I, I loved yeah. it so much. Uh, I thought it was so great. I think that's one of the coolest action sequences we've gotten in the Mandalorian so far. Uh, him just jumping out, uh, timing it right, landing on the platform, uh, obviously using his jetpack a little bit there, and then hopping in the N1 Starfighter and taking off before he can be uh, shot down, and he almost even gets uh, splatted on a windshield of one of the TIE fighters as he drops down. But I thought that was so cool, and then going into like the the racing scenes or the race, uh, like the Canyon flying scenes, uh, was super cool. <laughs> I think that it was almost too hype of, a, and I don't want to like get into really my overall thoughts yet, but I think it was almost too hype of an entrance, uh, yeah. for the rest, for what the rest of the episode turned out to be. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got some people that, uh, in the comments saying that fight was the hottest thing I've ever seen by Ruby. <laughs> Never seen Ruby say something like that before, but okay. <laughs> it, I mean, it was, I'm not going to lie. That was pretty, that was pretty boss. Like that's, yeah. that's the, the coolest thing you could say, you know? <laughs> I, I love this comment by Carlos. When Bo turned her ship around in that one wing maneuver while the other one stayed in place. Whoa. I didn't know ships could do that. That was insane. That was wild. I mean, the physics adds up there, so... And she's been flying can... the ship for a long time, too. So she's very, you know, I'm pretty sure we see her use it in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So yeah. she's intimate with how it, it handles, and she she uses it to her advantage, that's for sure. And yeah, not she... just the the ship, but the, the planet itself. That was yeah, my cliffs. favorite part oh, of the, the fight. That was my favorite part of the fight. Like, I'm easy to please with this type of stuff. It looked really cool. There was lots of pew pew, and it was awesome. <laughs> but my favorite part was, hey, don't worry. I've 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 been flying these cliffs my whole life, and she's just weaving through, using them to her advantage, making making them crash into that. I don't know what it is about just like a protagonist 
feeling good with themselves and their mm -hmm. home and just like using that to their advantage. I just, I love it. I don't know what it is, but I love it. And uh, it just, th that satisfied me enough in the fight right there. Yeah. You're a sports guy. You love the home field advantage. Oh yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. What you want to call it. Uh, well, and I just kind of, I kind of feel like it's almost the opposite of like, maybe it's the Dragon Ball Z fan in me, but I kind of feel like it's the opposite of like the, the trope that I hate from superhero movies of like, oh, our protagonist lost his power and he's not going to have it for the whole movie. And he's just going to learn what it means to be a hero without his powers. I can watch any <laughs> other type of movie for that. I'm watching the superhero movie for people with powers. Um, mm -hmm. And so I kind of feel like this is the opposite, almost like that Dragon, Z, Dragon Ball Z power up where they're just like, I'm going to show you my best and I'm going to fly. When they're, she was just in her element. You know what I mean? She was sitting there being like, I've done this a billion times before. This is a stressful situation. Not for me. Yep. Pew, pew, pew. And it was cool. It yep. was so cool. She, she was, she was definitely, yeah, she was definitely feeling herself until she realizes her home is getting bombed. And she's like, what is going on? And then Mandalorian is like, listen, uh, we can't fight these many people. There's way too much. We got to dip. And they kind of just uh, leave. And we're kind of just like left with them just being gone. And I'm just like, whoa, I feel bad for her. She lost her planet. Now she lost her home. I don't know if there were people there. Uh, that kind of just happened. I don't know. Did, did you see that coming, uh, TJ? No, that one kind of took me off guard. And that was like in terms of the somewhat disjointedness of this episode in terms of how hype it was and then the dive into the totally different storyline. Um I kind of feel what Garrett was saying before in terms of like, this is so hype because I'm sitting there watching this and being like, who the heck is bombing them? Why are they bombing them? Why are there so many of them? Right. Um, obviously this is the empire, but like, are they going for Din or are they going for Bo? At first I kind of thought it was Din. And then the way they started, uh, and the, the, but the way they just were so ready and planned um, to bomb her house, it kind of makes me think like, no, that was Bo-Katan, not um not dinjarin paz vizsla knows that uh dinjarin was going back to mandalore and he had, he knows he had worked with the uh bo-katan in the past maybe mm. he had been in contact with the empire we know he hasn't he's been in the past has yeah been prone to work with shady forces that was like my first thought but otherwise like unless it's a branch of the empire we don't know about go yet going for some beskar like i don't i want to know more about this story i was they set it up so hypely and then we took the left turn so i think it, it was, i think it could it be mon gideon cuz they do say at some point in the episode like there's like a rumor that he escapes in like a transport or something uh, and they're like, oh, no, that's just a rumor or whatever. But I feel like it's pretty weird to put that in there unless that's probably a thing that maybe actually happened. So I do feel like it could be Moff Gideon coming back after them. Um, what do you guys think about that? Mm, I, I feel like that's, that's possible. Uh, I think it's a red herring. Oh, you think oh, so? Okay. Uh -huh. I am actually inclined to agree with TJ that uh, Paz Viz is once again working with the Empire, <laughs> just like he did with the... I like this comment. <laughs> Somehow Moff Gideon returned. He's dead. <laughs> That's a good one, Carlos. <laughs> no, because like he worked with Darth Maul in the past, right? Yeah. He also has connections to the Empire. Like I totally see this being a thing. They bombed uh, Bo-Katan's place thinking that she may be there trying to kill her. And then this cleared the way for Paz Vizsla to take over as the ruler of Mandalore. I think there's... For one, why not? I, I like that meme, that gift from Road to El Dorado. Both, 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 both. Oh, uh, yeah. Why not both? That'd be great. Um, and in addition to that, like I think there was a few red herrings in this episode in terms of when we do get this plot shift too. I think his initial conversation to that uh, large New Republic gathering was more important than just saying, "Hey." this is what I want to be doing. I would love to still be doing this, but for good. Like, yes, that's what set up his arc, but I think there was more to it to that. They're really, if, and if you follow, if you're following the bad batch as well right now, yes. um, I think there's a lot of roads leading to cloning and what yeah. the empire has to do with cloning. Well, why did Moff Gideon want 
Grogu? What what type of cloning process is he doing? What type of cloning process are they going with? Are they trying to create Snoke? Are they uh, trying to revive Palpatine? What like what are they? What's going on over there? Um, and so I think all those roads are kind of leading to likely the end of the season colliding a little bit. Yeah, so we hadn't watched uh, Bad Batch until last week when uh, our guest Tia was on here. She's like, you got to watch it because it all leads into mm-hmm. it. So we wanted, so we watched it and then we're like, oh, that's what she's talking about. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about they go the in. Zillow? The, yeah, so they go in and they basically give us a brand new storyline where like, it just shifts and we see this scientist and he's talking about what he did and how it could be used for the empire. And he talks about like, you know, his mom died and if they could give her an organic heart and just clone it, they could basically save a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people said he was doing good work. And then they talked about the knowings and uh, all the stuff that they're doing and you realize that they're on Coruscant and he goes and then he meets these people at the hotel amnesty hotels or amnesty uh, apartments or whatever they are um and then there's a bunch of people who are part of uh well some of them are part of like moff gideon's crew and we recognize one of the girls so that was wild i didn't see any of that coming so jazz what are your thoughts about that oh nope go ahead ahead, that, that person that we recognize quick shout out is one of the highlights of ant-man and the wasp quantumania gentora same same actor on that one and Mm -hmm. was many people's what i find super interesting about her getting a large role in this season is she's been myself included a lot of people's pick to like hey i think that this was just a side character what if we recast her as cara dune um Ooh. And uh, I think it's interesting that they're obviously not doing that, but that she's now kind of a main player in this new season. That's so crazy. I didn't know she was from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And also, I like this comment from Carlos. He says, it's the Amnesty Projects. Let's be real. <laughs> they are kind of the projects. <laughs> yep. All, all right. of them have a story. It's fascinating to see how they all ended up in this exact same program. And yeah. then, you know, when I first saw all of them, I'm like... Hmm, red flag. I got red flag. But it's probably just in my mind. Let's see what happens. But then later on we find out, oh, yeah, those red flags are correct. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. For me, the red flags were there. but They were there for a completely different reason than I suspected. So I was a little uh, confused uh, about that. But they're talking about, like, mind flares, and they're kind of being shady. And they're like, well, listen, we're all here for redemption. Uh, the Empire is not really big on redemption. We all love the Republic. We all love it. It's, we're all great about this, right? Um, and then, you know, they're just like travel buddies and stuff like that or whatever. Uh, they just like, you know, fit together and have like, you know, a little bit of a drinks and stuff. So they're just enjoying their stuff. And then the next day you see um, this guy in the cubicle, kind of like Andor, where he's just like, in this bureaucracy where things are going really slowly and i think it's funny (laughs) yeah i think it's really funny that like the empire is very fascist and then the new republic is just like incompetent kind of reminds me of our government (laughs) like one's just incompetent the other is fascist i'm just like hmm kind of makes sense and Uh, here's why neebs and here's why because we don't know yet how the first order is going to be formed Right. We don't know all the backstory behind that yet. And how was the empire, this big fascist empire formed in the first place, the incompetence of the gov- the, uh, the government being ran, them being all the strings being pulled from somebody behind the, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, the, a small amount or a large amount, however you want to look at it, of corruption inside this inept government leading to the fascist empire similar to uh governments uh that we uh know about in our own countries um it's a lot of these same people who run the one the one fascist empire pulling a lot of the same strings uh for the incompetence on the other side you gotta follow the money as my guy nick miller would say from new girl (laughs) and i think that's kind of what we're seeing here similar to negligence from the republic leading to, to the empire and and a lot and a lot of the reasons behind that is people pulling the strings from the future empire behind the str- behind the scenes, and now I think we're seeing that as well for the first order, but inside the new republic. Well, say what you want about the new republic, their ice cream looks amazing. <laughs> How is photon fizzles? The photon fizzles. Where can I get one of those? <laughs> That's what I want to know. 
Uh, you will be able to get that at Disneyland and Disney World, I guarantee you. Disney Cruise, <laughs> Disney, whatever, uh, at some point in time, that's going to be a thing. They are marketing <laughs> geniuses. Fact. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I believe they, it. they got me. They got me. All right. But they say Coruscant has one trillion residents and, you know, they're her, him and Agent 68 or something like that, I believe, are like, you know, having this cute little date. They're eating ice cream. They're talking and they're talking about, you know, what do you really want to do? What do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do some cloning. I think I could really help the Republic. And he's saying basically, you know, this is what I want to do. And she's like, I can get you to do this. Maybe you should do this. And she's like putting these seeds of doubt in his head. And you're kind of just like, this is where the red flags are starting going off. Like, why is she doing this? It's a little sus. What did you think of that? Uh, Garrett, you want to go? You know, I think they both gave great performances to get like individually, but together I was just not really buying their chemistry. Uh, if I'm going to be honest with you, like, and I love that, this had and or vibes because some of the like ground level or like Coruscant stuff that we would never really get to see in another Star Wars project was super like invigorating to watch for me mm-hmm. but it felt so freaking weird to sandwich it in between the beginning and the end of this uh, of this episode it felt very jarring because I think if this if this episode was entirely like one thing or it, it wasn't this episode as was it was season of book of boba fett exactly yeah exactly mm-hmm. and i found myself like yeah if i was just watching the pershing storyline i think i would have been like more intrigued even though i still don't think they the chemistry of them was believable uh at any point in time but um when it's put in between what happened at the beginning and end i was the entire time like when are we going to be back to mando when are we going to be back to mando and that's sad because it is and that should be such an intriguing thing it's obviously we're obviously building up to the the weakness of the new republic that ends up becoming the first order uh and the clone like obviously this era of star wars is explaining the gap between the eras of star wars and in the mm-hmm. movies and that's an exciting thing to 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 happen and i was disappointed that i wasn't invested in it because of the way that it was placed in in the episode Mm. what about you uh tj so uh adam blevins who is uh, a new producer slash uh co-host of the agents of Adam podcast one of our amazing writers and uh co takes the co-lead on editing with garrett um, he wrote up a piece on this episode and he felt that it was, he disliked it more than I did, but he felt like this storyline would have been much better suited, not just for this whole episode in the middle, but to be drawn, uh, drawn across a few episodes mm. and kind of keep going back to this as a side story throughout the episodes, setting stuff up as opposed to just this, its own block randomly in the middle of a yeah. Um, and it was I, very much I, like we need this to happen now, and we're going to throw it in that wholeheartedly. Basically, until I've had that same thought that you just said, Garrett, and that's like to me, yes, it felt disjointed in the episode, and it will be an error if there was really no reason for them to do it. But I feel like we needed to be at the point at the end of that episode for something specific to happen in the next few episodes. Correct. And if that's not the case, to me, that's an error. But if this is the case where it's like, we need to know that Moff Gideon's friend, Gentora from Quantumania, I don't remember her name in uh, the show because they just kept using Elia. letters and numbers. Um, oh yeah, Elia. Elia. Kane or something like that. Yeah. And so to me, like, I think we needed to see Elias still has connections and is making chaos within uh, within the New Republic um, mm-hmm. because 
immediately in the next episode, we're going to be finding out more uh, about this. And so maybe that is involved with the bombing of um, Bo-Katan's house. I don't know how yet, but I kind of feel like they needed to put us in a place for the next episode. Because if not, why did they do that? Mm, yeah, yeah, that makes Carlos a lot of sense. Carlos sums it up perfectly in the comments. Yep. Yeah. Carlos says, uh, it's like when you're telling a story to someone and you realize you forget a really important part. So you go, wait, I forgot to tell you that Jim has one leg. Okay, back to the story. That's so, yeah. so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Carlos I... is always saying things in the Agents of Fandom chat. And he's like, TJ, I'm making a great point. You got to bring this up. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Carlos. And then every single thing he's posted in the chat so far today, I'm like, that is exactly, that is perfect. <laughs> See, Carlos, you, you have to come here to Salam Nerd. We treat you right. We'll share your stuff all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Carlos, that is his dream that you just said that because uh, when you, last time you came on the Agents of Fandom pod, he was like, I really want to go on Salam Nerds. So let's go. Let's do it. Carlos, next week. To his ears. <laughs> next week, Carlos, let's go. Listen, Carlos is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. And yeah, <laughs> come on, Carlos. We'll take anybody. <laughs> Bring me this type of energy in our chats, man. Your points haven't been near as good in ours. I'm, I'm, I, you gotta we got him. I want to. Damn, Carlos is crying. Energy, I'm not yeah. gonna say that. No, nice, I'm just kidding. Nice. I love Carlos so much. Um, <laughs> I think he had a great point before. I think it was telling that the aristocrats mixing up who is in charge. It doesn't matter to them if it's the Empire, the New Republic, rebels, as long yes. as they are being filled, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. so similar to real life as well. If you're a billionaire, you don't care if it's the Republicans or the Democrats in charge. As you're gonna give them. A hundred million dollars uh, lobbying every year, regardless of who it is, and you're going to make sure that uh, your pockets are stay filled anyway. Yeah, and we see that in this episode when the scientist comes out and they're all talking to him, and they're like, "Oh, yes, good thing you're on our side," but really, it's all the same: rebels, Republic, Empire. Like, as long as you're rich, it doesn't really matter, and that's pretty mm. accurate. That's pretty accurate. The the one percent always get their way. Um, all right, so I feel like to- it was a. I feel like it was a little bit of telling of Star Wars itself, too, like a little bit meta in the sense of like uh, we went from the Empire to the to the First Order and there's always these different factions and it can be sometimes hard to tell them apart. Like it was also very like literal, I feel like, in the terms of us audience viewers and especially like people who aren't Star Wars fanatics like us, you know, like just outside Mm -hmm. viewers like what the hell is going on? Wasn't this the Empire? What is the First Order? Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. Uh, and then we get them on their date. They go and they speak this rock called the Umat. Umat, I don't know what it's called. And apparently it has uh, people who are in Star Wars lore know about this. This is my first time seeing that. Do you guys know anything about this? This is my first time, but I thought it was super, super cool to uh, of a way to... Because I never, like... I mean, I guess I have thought about like what where the heck is the the ground of like coruscant but i've never like yeah. i've never like really thought about where the heck is the ground of coruscant um just in, for agree. in the terms of where did uh uh mace windu like fall Folk. to yes. <laughs> <laughs> but so that was cool to 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 see like the top the, the highest peak in yeah. on the planet they're I like the that. jetsons right they're just like up there in the sky exactly <laughs> pretty much that's so funny. All right. I think so, it's so like telling too when you see um when you see Coruscant, like I think that was kind of meta as well when Coruscant's viewed as like this so technologically advanced society. And then you see these people like uh like our doctor here and he's sitting there like, I wanna help, I wanna do more, and he can't even get through to a person who wants to talk to him. You see this super advanced society, but there's one place in the entire world where you can actually see the planet itself. And I feel like that was kind of representative of our world as well, where we're always so we're always pushing for progress. We're always pushing for optimization that we kind of forget the purpose of that optimization and that growth. And that is to sustain the planet and the life on it. Yeah. Well, speaking of growth, like you see them 
uh, going through all of the stuff the Empire has, and they're decommissioning it. They don't even want to use it. They don't want to like reuse any of that stuff. They don't care about recycling. They're just like, nope, it's part of the Empire. It's going to be decommissioned. So this oh, guy yeah. is like, yeah, Until super. They do. Yep. And then it's super, you know, again, bureaucracy. And they're like, well, you know how much time it'll take to catalog all this stuff? No, we're just going to decommission everything. So, you know, Elia is like, hey, I can get you this stuff. We can we can do it. And they got like this robot asking them every single day. Um, Have you experienced any anger and resentment? I started to experience anger and resentment because I couldn't take it anymore. Every time he asked him that, <laughs> I thought that was really, really funny. Um, and then he's like, you know what? It's like almost Orwellian. Yeah. I, yeah. It was very 1984. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, check and in I, with my <laughs> overlord. <laughs> I know. And I think it drove him to that too. So he's like, listen, about that mobile station, how do we do it? Uh, and she convinces them. And then they go out and they get on the subway and they're like, Dung's day, <laughs> which I thought was the funniest <laughs> part. Uh, and they 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 jump the they jump the rail and they don't have a ticket and I'm just like, yo, been there, been there. <laughs> I've definitely done that. I was like, oh my god, that was really really funny. Um, I wonder why they didn't buy the tickets. I thought that was wild. They can't. Um, oh, they can't leave the sector. Right? They're they sneaking out of yeah. They're parolees. Right. <laughs> exactly. If they buy a ticket, they'll get flagged immediately. Oh man, I which doesn't were... end up mattering. It was a good scene yeah, because right. there was a little bit of anxiety. I'm like, oh, man, what are they going to do? Where are they going to make it? Uh, what were your thoughts about the subway scene or the train scene? Uh, TJ, let's go with that. I, I thought the train scene was interesting. It was pretty intense. But if I'm being honest, I was still more less focused on are the droids going to catch them and more focused on how much can I trust each of these individuals? Mm. Yes. Um, and I think it's so interesting how they're going they're going back to this empire technology that he keeps getting told, you know, you can't use this. We don't use that. That is for archives. That is for archives. And that's what they're getting the general population to do. And I think that's also just like so crazy representative of society when you look at like, hey, no, we can't just, hey, people who are struggling financially, we can't just we can't just give you money. If we just mm -hmm. give you money, why would you why would you want to work? You know, well, we gotta get we can't just give you money. And then when a billion a billion dollar corporation turns around and asks for money, it's like, yeah, here's here's ten billion dollars for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so similar to what we see here with them, you know, I gotta, I gotta scavenge for these parts because nobody's allowing me to use it. And then as soon as he gets captured, what does he, what does he put in? Not to jump the gun if we're a little bit here, but like he's put in a mind place, he's put in empire technology that they yeah. themselves are using. You can't do that because that was, that was how the bad guys do it. We're going we're gonna to use the bad guy stuff because we're the good guys in power. Yes. But uh, the good you guys can't do the always bad guy good. stuff because we need you to stay down here. We can't allow you to see what's actually happening up here. We need yeah. you to stay down here. All right. So when they go and – oh, Garrett, we didn't ask you. What about your thoughts on the subway scene? I mean, for me, I was never really worried that they were going to get caught or if they got caught because to me, I'm not – it's hard to be invested in the story of two – war criminals who <laughs> are war criminals and they're true they're like hmm we should continue to do the things that we were doing that made us war criminals under the guise of we're doing it's for the it's it's for it's, a, it's the right thing like where have right. i heard that before mm -hmm. so i was like yeah like catch them i don't care um but it's interesting that that's kind of the only time like looking looking back on it now that we know you know what we what we know from the ending of the episode um that's kind of the only time that she seems maybe nervous about getting caught yeah uh mm -hmm. and that's because you know we know that the entire thing is set up but if the robots on the subway catch them for hopping you know free for free passes that's that's a little bit hard that's a detour in the plan that's not accounted for so that's yeah. interesting to look back on with prior knowledge uh of of with that lens, I think they needed to catch him red-handed. And if he got caught on the train, he didn't cut red-handed. He just got leaving it. He didn't cut actually stealing these equipment, right? Yeah, so and she's doing it with him too. So yep. it's like she loses her plausible deniability. 
so she's doing it with him and she, she takes him to the lab and he's like talking about how you know his mom was a doctor and she couldn't even dreamed of a lab like this and i get to work in a lab like this so he's like i'm just gonna take only the stuff i need and we're gonna go then they hear noises and then they get outside and there's a light and you realize they're caught at this point i'm like oh crap they're caught what are they gonna do and then when the girl uh elia kane was like yeah turns around gotcha you've been punked i was like i knew it typical but then i'm like but i still think she's part of the empire but she's really helping the republic so i'm a little confused there until you know he goes into the mind flare and they're like no 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 the mind flare you're gonna see pretty lights it's gonna be all nice um and then you see her crack all you on the mind flare and then you're like whoa what is going on here uh is dr pen perishing r.i.p is he going to be his brain gonna be completely fried did they not want his information to leak like what's going on here so uh want to go around the room and take everyone's thought jazz you want to go first okay so one i'm not sure where this is going right it really could be they played his mind and he just forgets everything yeah. Or it could be that she wants to flay his mind and make him evil again and get rid of this, you know, goody two shoes bit. Uh, because they do want to continue cloning research, which I think is more likely considering what's going on in Bad Batch, as uh, TJ mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. um, this, like, I, I see that happening more, but, like, the biggest plot hole for me here is, uh, you know, if you're, like, the New Republic, why did you leave the you know, red lightning setting on the thing. Like, why didn't you remove it? Like, why is it there? <laughs> we know why yeah. it's there. We yeah. know why it's there. Exactly that. <laughs> to do exactly that when they want to. Um, and then I think it shows their incompetence, obviously, obviously, as well, when he's so ready to just leave it. But that's kind of what I can't figure out is if she is still working for the Empire... Why would she want his mind flayed? If his right. mind is flayed, he will have no ability to do any of this cloning research anymore. Right. Maybe he will, but he'll just be like more compliant. Like he's not right. He, it doesn't make him like dumber, but he's just gonna like not remember. Like, oh shit, I have done this before, and I, I want to do this freely, not like under the, the arm of somebody else. You know. I think mm. this is to make him evil again. I think they're trying to wipe out the parts in the Rehabilitation Institute yeah. just so he goes back to his old ways. So I have a question, and it's probably far-fetched, but in Rogue One, when we see uh, Bodhi uh, meet Saw Gerrera, something is wrong with his mind, right? Like, it's been, like, warped a little bit. Do you think that he went through a mind flare? Okay, I just want to get one thing uh, clear, because the Mind Flare has gone through a rebranding, and it is now a 602 mitigator, okay? So it's no longer a Mind Flare, it is a 602 mitigator, uh, and the New Republic would appreciate if you use the uh, the new branding, and not the old it's all, branding. It's all about the branding. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is uh, TMS therapy, or whatever they call it nowadays, <laughs> okay. right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, not, to, not, torture, not to circle all the way back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, God. Exactly. <laughs> Not to circle all the way back to Agents of Shield, but uh there is a portion of Agents of Shield where Phil Coulson goes under this like mind thing so that he remembers, you know, what happens to him after or how he comes back from the dead essentially. Yeah. Uh and it kind of messes him up. So I I assume that this cranking up the the heat in this metaphorical uh brain oven that he's in is going to cause some issues. So mm. I don't know. My quick, my quick Google search is kind of saying that this is not like it's, it's a racer. It's erasing your mind. Like it's not a reprogramming. Like it's, it's okay. for the purpose of erasing. And so I think that's kind of what they were saying. Like with the lower it is, we can erase only the parts you don't like. Like it uh, is trauma soothing. Almost so it's like the... eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. You can get or you have a breakup. You can just like take the girl out it's, of your brain. It's almost like psychoanalytic therapy where it's like we can make some connections in your brain to make it so you don't feel the need to do that anymore. Mm. We'll break that addiction for you. Um, but however, obviously using this 
I'm not trying to be pro baby mind flayer or anything like that here. Um, <laughs> 602 uh, mitigator. 602 yeah, mitigator. I mean, yeah, 602 mitigator. Just when you're seeing like him, of course, like at the beginning, he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Nice. Um, See the purple light. Almost, like almost euphoric. Yeah. Um, and then like as soon as it turned red, like that's unless I'm unless these like the couple articles I just pulled up and I'm way out to way out to lunch here. But I think like it's gonna be gone. And so if he, they're erasing what's in his head, who the hell is she working for? Yeah. I have no idea. That's the part that confuses me, right? And uh, also, a uh, fun fact, I like the fact that they uh, said it's a trap right in front of like the people like General yes. Atkins. <laughs> yes. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> oh, it's man. a trap. All right. Well, before we get, go back to the Mandalorian, I want to talk about so cloning in this Republic. How ethical is it? Do you think the Republic is right to ban it? Do you think they should do it a little bit, or do they think they should go the route of the Empire and just start cloning people and just for their harvesting their body parts? Because that's what he wants to do. Basically, he just he wants to clone them for body parts so people don't die. They can grow a new heart, grow a new liver. And not have to die ethically and like i'm talking about in the star wars world not in our world what's wrong with that or how is that even considered you know going around the room i want to know what people's thoughts are jazz i know you have thoughts i mean have you finished bad batch yet yes i've caught up on bad batch okay yeah, so the big thing about Bad Batch was, you know, the Kaminoan facilities were destroyed. Yep. And cloning right now on Coruscant is completely banned, right? Yes. And it's banned for good reason, because they don't want to have to deal with the issues of having, you know, essentially people being used just for harvesting organs. Like, this is life, and they're just going to kill them just mm -hmm. to serve that one little purpose. I can see why that that's a thing, right? Uh, cloning itself overall... I mean, if they find ways, you know, just to, like, generate the heart in a matrix and, you know, replace the organ, that should be fine. Mm. Um, but, you know, this is Star Wars, so we're going to see what happens because, truthfully, we really don't know how we got here with the uh, cloning being banned on Coruscant, right? Like, this is after Bad Batch Season 2, but before, you know, all this other stuff, and so we don't know. So yeah, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see if there are other events that really lead up to the ban of cloning on Coruscant. Yes, and by yes. extension, the new order. Okay. By the way, Michaela's in the comment. Uh, the Bachelor recap will be at 11.30, so you're a little early. So just hang on, and we will do the Bachelor <laughs> episode right after this. People love the Bachelor. They need their Bachelor. <laughs> hey, we uh, no judgment here. We love our reality TV, too. So, yeah. Carlos asking the right questions. Is it ethical to use a mind player at, even at its lowest setting? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And the fact that we have to ask that question is ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> Would, would using the mind flare on the lowest setting be ethical if you had the consent from consent from the participant? Yeah, I wouldn't mind having like a few X's removed from my brain. <laughs> it depends. It depends. I feel we need yeah, to know more about it. It's always more ethical with the consent of the person. But yes, I would say we need to know more about it. I feel like if there was other ways rather than just like removing memories, but if it could like help with trauma or like PTSD, then yeah, obviously there's like more talks to go along with that. But that is absolutely not what we're using it for. And in this instance, no, no it's not ethical. As far as cloning, it's hard to answer that as a omnipotent viewer of this universe who knows right, that there's, right. just zero, there's just zero chance that it just doesn't go horribly but like yeah are there benefits to cloning absolutely there could be in terms of you know organs to help people or really in my eyes most importantly like food or like resources yeah. uh, the best uh, use for that but no as an omnipotent viewer it's gonna go always 100 percent poorly in this universe so never let them have it and this guy tj you said it earlier this guy's an addict he's addicted he has an addiction to this he doesn't know that it's a that it's gonna go poorly yeah uh, it's obviously he's gonna a get workaholic he's just like oh i need i need to do this i need to do this and he he you know he stops himself for a while but then it gets the itch gets too much and he goes back to his fix uh, so it's it's an issue, and it's especially an issue for Doctor Pershing. Yeah, they should stick and with I stem cells. It, 
And I think, yeah, and I think when it comes to clo the cloning aspect of it is like the why, what wouldn't they want him to do it for good? Mm. And I, it's because they're already doing it. They're doing it. They're using it. They're do somebody else is doing it and they don't want more evidence shone on that because so it is illegal. And I think if you kind of pull this back to the sequel trilogy of obviously th that was not cohesive. And when the beautiful Oscar Isaacs gives the not so beautiful delivery, I mean, it wasn't his fault because it was so poorly written, but <laughs> no, somehow no, Palpatine returns. Poorly written, yeah. Somehow Palpatine returns. Well, that means he never went anywhere. Yeah. That means he's always in the shadows. And so if the First Order is sitting here, it, it is going to rise from something, he's probably still pulling strings in the New Republic because, again, he didn't die. He's still out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, so whether that's him specifically or him in a little Voldemort back of somebody's head uh, orchestrating some strings, <laughs> somebody is trying to revive him and give him a body. Yeah. And that's why they don't want anybody else doing it. Yeah. yeah. No I think the, some of the biggest questions of the sequel trilogy are how, why or how does Palpatine return? Like, that's a little ridiculous. And then two is we're set up to believe that, like, the Palpatine of this trilogy is going to be Snoke, who is obviously then dispatched before the end of it. And that... I would assume has something to do with the cloning and stuff that's happening as well. And so it seems like those two questions are being, this era of star Wars is being used to answer those questions and to bridge those gaps, mm -hmm. yeah. which is like why I said before, why it's so disappointing to have this story and to be disinterested in it, which I was. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be like a machete order of like all the sequels now because they're going to be like, you have to watch Andor, then you have to watch this, then you got to watch The Mandalorian season three, and then yeah. you'll understand what happens in Rise of the Skywalker. <laughs> like, it's going to be all this, stuff. this is exactly. all leading to Omega, who is the. Yeah. Yes. We will find out from... is the clone, not only with. Uh, Django Fett's DNA but mm -hmm. also Emperor Palpatine's DNA and she will then be the biological mother of Rey <laughs> who was not born who was not born biologically but who was born in a lab via Omega and Enhanced by Grogu's midi-chlorians. Watching you work through that was honestly <laughs> a fucking show. Banana. That I'm was actually like, impressed that it makes sense. Like I know. I was like, it, does, it the, makes great. Until you got to the Grogu part, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I, I I took it one too far. I tried to enhance yeah. it a little much. You tried to keep it going, but it was so impressive strong, nonetheless. You know? the midi chlorians from from Grogu. All right, all right. You should have said that the midichlorians were enhanced in Omega from Palpatine's DNA, and it was a you know a, a virgin birth like Jesus. That's how Ray minus one for oh, no mention of was, Ezra. But that's why Moth Gideon wanted Grogu is because he was trying to get that extra, you know, force blood. The extra sauce. Mm. <laughs> extra yeah, sauce in there. That extra sauce. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Grogu, extra he ends up creating the Powerpuff Girls <laughs> and a new universe was born. Element X. <laughs> exactly. Kylo right. Ren was Mojo Jojo all along. <laughs> all right. Oh, the multiverse has ruined society. <laughs> Oh my god. All right, we, we got to move on cuz uh there are people waiting for the Basher episode. So we cannot be late for the Basher episode. All right. So I want to talk about some stuff in the comments. They got some people uh let's see what we got. We got a few comments here. Uh are we supposed to know that she, uh did she claim that it was all his idea or is she specifically a plant they used to test people's loyalty? What are your thoughts about that? That's a good question by Ruby. She's definitely a plant used to test people. A little bit of both? I think a little bit of both, right? I think she's a plant used to test people, but she's also, like, somebody else's spy. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. it's convenient that, like, oh, like, I, I happen to 
also have been on the ship with this guy and like it's mm, it's falling yeah. into my lap kind of thing mm. all right we got carlos saying this is what i love about this episode the new republic is uh capable of the banal evil that the empire was it was maybe even creepier than the torture in andor Ooh, yeah maybe i remember uh i don't know about creepier but feeling worse sure yeah, but yeah, first yeah. you're so in the way of just Andor. like would you rather somebody telling you they're torturing you or would you rather somebody torturing you while they're telling you they're doing what's best for you yeah look only the people that you trust can betray you right so i, I get that uh next one is is there a reason watch bad batch i know is there a reason we would want revenge on him personally i don't remember her background i don't think so i don't think they had any interaction so i don't see her doing it for a personal reason Unless she was mad that, because I want there's this is really crazy. But at one point in the episode, she says like, "I'm I'm sorry, I never like came up to you and introduced myself or whatever." He's like, "No, it's cool, you know that like wasn't really a thing back then." And like the whole time, it's like, "You motherfucker, you never <laughs> would let me introduce yourself to me." <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. that tracks. I believe it. I'm with you on that one. There it is. <laughs> This, re- this is a revenge for something you did. No, I don't think so. Um, all right, so that's pretty good. Um, here's some more. The important thing Perishing said was that they could create clones, taking the best part of multiple donors. Very true, very Rogu, true. Palpatine, yeah. Omega, Ray. All right, all right. All right. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian is uh, driving into his uh, secret home world where they're just, like, scattered around the old ways. And... Bo-Katan is with him. She's taking a ride with them, and they're like, okay, let's go. Uh, they get there, and she's like, uh, he, there, and he's like, by the way, I am redeemed. <laughs> TJ, what are your thoughts? Sorry, this is still on cloning, but I just okay. had this thought pop into my head as we have... Co- oh, no, damn, because we're going to find out that Grogu was somehow uh, saved from Order 66 at some point. TJ's mind just almost exploded in front of us. (laughs) I know. Here's my thought. What if if Grogu is a Yoda clone? What if Grogu was an experiment and of the Empire trying to clone Yoda? But like evil. And like leave him in, he'll be infiltrating there as a mole. Maybe that was a long game plan from Palpatine. And then uh, after Order 66 and everything, he was alone. That's when Moff Gideon tried to, he tried to get Moff Gideon to scoop him back up. Oh, I like Jabba the evil Yoda they were trying to clone. That would have been crazy too. Yeah. Whoa. Or like Shadow happening. and Sonic. It's all part of it. <laughs> Shadow and Sonic, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yoda that Grogu. That you heard it here first. Thank you, TJ. Baby Yoda. So that makes Yo, that makes Ray, her two grandpas, are Palpatine and Yoda. <laughs> By definition, that is correct. And Django Fat somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Omega, yeah, because the DNA was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Lots of things. Triangle I would not want to have walked in on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Devil three-way. <laughs> no, it's three guys who made a girl. Like, <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, there's so much there. Gets a little tricky. Palpatine and Jango Fett walk into a bar. Sorry, Bo-Katan, Mando, right, take us away, Neves. All right, so they get there and they're like, "You must leave. You are an apostate." He's like, "No, I." am redeemed he's like i'm a convert and uh technically he's not a convert he's a revert which is what we use in, in, in islam you never say convert because we believe everyone's born muslim so no matter what you don't have original sin you're born muslim then whenever you convert you revert but mandalorian same thing he was of the path and then he needed to atone and now he's redeemed and he is back so he would be a revert so he goes on on there and he's like I bathe into water. He's like, yeah, we don't believe you. She's like, I witness it. He's like, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> You're an apostate too. <laughs> we don't give a shit. Uh, and then Baby Yoda's just there chilling, being all cute. They don't even like mind Baby Yoda anymore. They're just like used to him being around. He's Mandalorian. Like, he's Mandalorian. He wears, like, right. he wears Beskar chainmail. He's Mandalorian. <laughs> he doesn't got a helmet though. He got the swag, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, he's got the swag. Uh, and then what I didn't realize was that 
at this moment, I'm like, wait a second, Bo-Katan also dove into the thing, and she still hasn't Correct. taken off her helmet. So I'm like, wait a second, are they going to indoctrinate her too? And then when they go to the armor and they test the water, they're like, that's it. It's, it's written in the book, so therefore, you are redeemed. And so are you. And everyone's congratulating them and giving them high fives, except for Paz. And they're just like, what's going on here? Mandalorian's happy, but Bo, what's her thinking? What's she going through? So let's go around the room and, and talk about that scene. And then specifically, uh, what's going through Bo's head. And we got like five minutes. <laughs> so uh, go ahead, Garrett. You made the first Yeah, one. so I, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, fair, that's totally fair. Okay, so it, for me, it's really, it's really interesting to see that Bo-Katan is a child of the Watch now, which means she is a member of the Death Watch again, because she is a former leader of the Death Watch. Yeah. And like Adam uh, said in his review, they both said so much with their body language without being able to see their faces. Yes. Like, like Bo or uh, Din is like so like relieved, happy to be back. You can tell without seeing his face. And yeah. Bo is like, "Oh no, like I know what this means," kind of thing. Like, how yeah. the heck am I going to get out of this? Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's very full circle for fans of the Clone Wars and people who know like her history. So it's yes. just interesting to me. I love that. I can't wait to see where they go from here. I do think we said this on the Agents of Fandom podcast last week. I do think uh, it's a very good chance like the armor is a, an antagonist going forward or Paz Vizsla because uh, Clan Vizsla and Clan Kreese obviously have a history. Mm-hmm. So there is some stuff to explore going forward. And I am so much more interested in that than I am in this Pershing stuff. Yeah, yeah. What about you, TJ? I kind of got two things from it from the like from the entire group's perspective. I kind of we've kind of always thought of this group like, well, this is still just Death Watch. This is the remains mm-hmm. of Death Watch, right? And I do think that's what Paz Vizsla is, and I do think that's what the armor is. But seeing this kind of reinitiation for Bo Katan and them just being like, you're in, and some of the people being like, oh, like great, like congrats, kind of thing. Yeah, it kind of for me that kind of. I think there's a lot more Dinjarin Mandos in there than we realized. Mm. A lot of people who are just like, well, no, I'm not Death Watch, but our whole planet was destroyed. And so we're going back to the old ways to make sure that we survive. Right. Um, and I think we had talked about it before on the Agents of Fandom podcast, how we're going to see uh, like Dinjarin and Bo-Katan kind of meet in the middle, potentially a little bit on their views. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you bring up a great point about where's Grogu's helmet? Because how did this season start? It was a young child receiving his helmet for the first time. Right. And Din Djarin doesn't give a damn about any breaking any rules for himself. He will follow his creed for himself no matter what. Mm-hmm. But what does he take off that helmet for? Grogu. Grogu. Right. He takes off that helmet for Grogu. And so we know Grogu's on this path of jedi mandalorian i talked to director of episode one rick uh famuyia famuyiwa um and he mentioned like i don't think it's as much about the definition of jedi versus mandalorian as much as it is the path that grogu's going on with his dad and i think when death watch when this death watch groups and the armor and paz vizsla tries to fully uh, indoctrinate grogu Mm-hmm. that's when Mando is going to step in and realize maybe this isn't for the best. Mm, good point. Good point. Well, listen, I think we ran through the entire episode. We got some really good points. We ha- went through thing, the whole thing. thing. Oh, go thing, for it, Jazz. Um, I found it very interesting that uh, the armor gave Bo-Katan an out saying, you can stay with as long as you want and you are free to leave, which that didn't sit right with me because that doesn't sound like something she would say. But mm. we can talk about that more on next week because I'm pretty sure it's going to definitely tie back in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, they'll She's probably continue threat to the armorer, mm-hmm. and so she wants her to just f off. Ooh, true, very true. But she also follows everything by the book. So if it's by the book, she's got to abide by it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. totally get it. Listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We had a great time. Let our listeners know where they can find you, where they can find Agents of uh, Fandom, uh, a little bit about that. And uh, yeah, let them know. We will let you guys get out of here to uh, chat about The Bachelor. Uh, you can find the Agents of Fandom on all the so- socials of at Agents, Fand- Agents of Fandom, except for Twitter, it's at Agents Fandom. 
um, agentsfandom.com. We got all kinds of interviews, reviews, and uh, things like that. You can find me on Twitter, TJ underscores WarH5, Garrett on Twitter, at Real Slim Blaney. And if you ever feel like talking reality TV with us as well, we got the Ticket to Reality podcast. We right. got the Fandom Academy podcast talking Mando and uh, The Last of Us. We got the Listen 3000 crew who we just recorded with before and so many great things going on. So uh, yeah, check out agentsfandom.com and check us out. Love it. And thanks so much it. for having us on, man. Like, we of love course, you so man. much. You oh, guys yeah. are our favorite. Such great stuff. We got to get yeah. Jazz on the Agents of Fandom podcast, too. Yes. Jazz is also a big anime fan. So if you got any anime stuff, definitely hit him up. <laughs> we want to build the anime, you know, section of our site out. So, yeah. Jazz, I get Crunchyroll emails that I have no one to distribute them to, no one to write articles about, no one who cares about it. So if you want to join the team, you know, we're always looking to recruit. We're always looking to needs. We can't have a, a time that we're with you. We don't say, come join the Agents of Fandom. But I you're know. Welcome. <laughs> we have a spot for that. That's one of these days one of these days maybe we'll see but thank you guys so much for being on the show and you're wow. welcome back anytime and until next Appreciate time it. guys salam wow. nerds peace